You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh my goodness! It's only preseason, but I'm hyped Neil Fox! Jimmy G Buckets! Get Buckets! Oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce! We are on Sports Overload right now. We're going to talk all about it on episode 97 of Give Me the Hot Sauce, Major League Baseball heading into the stretch run. The NFL season kicks off tonight with the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, hosting the Buffalo Bills. And NBA training camps will open in just a couple of weeks. So Stacy's getting ready to get back to work. Stacy's alongside. Timmy Whispers has made it on time. You, you finished your meetings on time today? Somehow, some way. High-level stuff? Anything you can share with the audience? Uh, we were talking about crayons for most of the afternoon, but <laughs> beyond that, it was all good. <laughs> Did you just say crayons? Yeah, or crayons. 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 Yeah. I, I thought it yeah. crayons. Crayons. That's a Barrington thing, I guess. Yeah. Crayons. How long have you been in Chicago? I didn't know, I didn't know yeah, what who, it is. Who, who says crayons? I don't know. Well, because we take two-syllable yes, words and whispers. make up one. Like like garage oh. in Chicago is just the grutch. Oh, my. What? Okay, we, yeah, exactly. What? Hey, this is episode 97. We're nearing the magic century, Mark. Stacy, remember we were in uh, Aldo's basement trying to figure things out, and now we've got uh, a talk production crew. We're tripping over people trying to get to our microphones. Listen, we've come a long way, America. Yeah. We've come a long way. We were in somebody's basement. Yeah. I didn't really like being in the basement. But <laughs> I, I Spiders. Like, yeah, no, I was just, I saw a lot of. Yeah, who's like, that black guy at the door, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. It was like, it was like 50, 50 shades of uh, gray down there. I saw some apparatus the room. down there, the yeah. red room. I was like, oh, no, no, no. So, it, you know what? We've come a long way yes. in America. Yeah. We've outlasted so many so many podcasts that were right along with us. We were, it was like a, it was a horse race. We were, we were Seabiscuit. Yeah. We were at the, we were the back. Yeah, if you get a chance, go back and listen to like episode six or seven and try to hear us. But now, <laughs> yeah. now you can we, hear Hey, for any of you any of you people that are out there trying to start your podcast, yeah. do not get frustrated. Right. Because it happens to everybody. We we went the first few episodes, it sounded like we were in the broom closet. I mean, it was the sound was terrible, but the content was great. Yes. We had some really good content. Those gold and, microphones yeah, look good, though. Yeah, we had, we had, we had, we had, nice. we had, we had like the little pimp, the little pimp uh, <laughs> gold microphone. <laughs> We're buying equipment out of yeah, somebody's trunk, yeah, I we, think. We we over there buy one get six free. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't yeah. know what we were doing, America. But you know, look at us now. We're almost at a hundred episodes. There you go. And we are rolling. Yeah, we got big. Ooh. We got big things on the horizon. We'll tell you about that in the coming weeks. <laughs> That's my macho man. I thought he was going to blow a gasket. Did you see that, Mark? <laughs> you mean you. Oh, it's Randy. What you mean? 
You know, Stacey's in a good mood. We're breaking out impersonations in the first five minutes of the show. So that's always good. Christopher Walken, is he going to make an appearance tonight? Uh, yeah, he's in the back <laughs> waiting. Yo, Christopher Walken. He's going to be walking out of here when I get my pythons on him. Mean Gene. Oh, boy. Yes, indeed. Yeah. You never know who's going to show up on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Is hemorrhage and highball on that? <laughs> I'm like Mark Silverman. <laughs> you know, Silverman's yeah, yeah, right. got the scanner neck. Right. You know, he's he's talking. When he says hello, hey, Sil, Mark Silverman, you know you're my boy. <laughs> but you know when Mark Silverman starts talking, boy, them veins start popping up in that neck, boy. It's like his head's going to explode. <laughs> Our guys Wadlin Sylvie over at ESPN 1000. Hey, let's My talk. Boys. Let's talk a little basketball. Uh, the Bulls are getting closer to training camp, as Stacy knows. September guys start to filter in. You play some uh, pickups uh, against your teammates, and that's when you really start to build that chemistry. You're getting ready for the season, isn't it? Yeah, um, I saw Alice Crusoe now is in Paris. I just mm -hmm. saw him. I saw uh, Patrick Williams the other day. Uh, Dalen Terry's been in and out of there all summer long. Io's been living in the gym. Um, playing pickup games, just watching them. They're, they're getting ready. They're all starting to filter in now. So um, looking forward to what training camp is going to be. It's going to be a very competitive training camp. So I'm really looking forward to that. And Dale and Terry, you see the video where he's blocking all the kids' shots? They had a, they had a kids' camp and yeah. nobody was scoring on <laughs> You know what? Way to be a bully, Dalen. <laughs> Way to be a bully. He just scarred those kids for the rest of their life. They, they might not even play basketball anymore. They might just play soccer or, or they might even just go into boxing. Yes. Well, last week we had Javante Green on the show, and he had some nice things to say about Dale and Terry. Now, here's a guy that looks like he's going to need some time in an NBA weight room, but with his length, and he can play multiple positions, he's a great defender. This is a guy that, maybe not in his rookie year, but he's going to be a guy that really contributes to this thing down the road. Well, I mean, you got to remember, the kid's 18, 19 years old. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's still got a, a young man's body, and he's going to grow into his body, but the things that he does well, Mark, he's got size, he's got length. Um, he's athletic. He can play one through four positions for him. Uh, his versatility, I feel, is going to be an asset for the Bulls this year. Um, I think he's going to find his way in the lineup <clears throat> at some point. Um, not as, so much as a starter, but coming off that bench and giving him some, some minutes at a lot of different positions. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing him grow. I mean, I, I saw Patrick Williams, and I'm telling you right now, America, if you're listening to me, he's going to have a breakout season. Yeah. You can just tell, like, I've been around Patrick since he's been here. And Patrick has always been kind of reserved, introverted, kind of like. But the confidence that he's showing right now, and you see him, is oozing. Like, he's oozing with confidence. Like, you can just tell. I, I talked to him. He's like, he can't wait to get out on the court. He can't wait to. He's so athletic. Um, just, just a marvel to watch him play. We're going to be talking to a former NBA All-Star forward and Antoine Walker. He's our special guest in episode 97. That's coming up in a few minutes. We'll ask Antoine about Patrick Williams and what he thinks his ceiling might be in the NBA. At the other end of the age spectrum, Goran Dragic is 36, but he's been playing like a young man over at Eurobasket, Stacey. He's had a couple of high-scoring games doing a good job. What are you guys doing? <laughs> it's so immature. <laughs> if, you know, for people on the podcast, you're missing, you're missing all these... Uh, Visual tricks, but what'd you I'm find? Sorry. I feel like I'm a senior in high school right now. I'm passing notes to my best friend. Yeah, I know. More like eighth grade. Yeah, middle school, I was yeah. say. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, America. I was just showing Tim something. It was just a little inside joke. But anyway. Dragic. Dragic is topic. What are you doing, Joe? Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I guess. Flashbacks. No, it's flashback. Yeah. PTSD, but I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. Um, I tell you what. Um, 
not knowing what Lonzo Ball's status is going to be, mm-hmm. you hear so many different conflicting stories. Like he's going to be ready for camp. He's not going to be ready for camp. Um, having this guy as an insurance policy, a starter in, in this league, a guy that's come off the bench and, and been very productive, uh, very productive for Brooklyn last year, given the minutes. Um, it's a good insurance policy. I mean, of course, you know, you don't want to go the whole season, 82 games, you know, having him have to extend himself and play a lot of minutes. Uh, at some point, you want Zoe back to be healthy because I'm going to be honest with you, uh, we're not going anywhere without Zoe. <laughs> I'm just I'm being honest. I mean, we're not, we're not going to be the team that we can be without Lonzo Ball. He's mm-hmm. the key to this team uh, going deep into the playoffs. He's his team having a great record. Uh, he's, he's, he just means so much to this team because he does so many things well, and you just don't replace that. And we're hearing some conflicting reports regarding Lonzo Ball. Casey Johnson, our, our good friend over at NBC Sports Chicago, has been more of the optimistic vein, saying you hear he's, he's coming along. It may It's going slower than the Bulls had wanted, but there's optimism that he's going to be able to be ready for the season. And then there was a kind of a bombshell report late last week, and it wasn't just one of these uh, you know guys with five followers. It was an ESPN report from Jamal Collier and Ramona Shelburne saying that Lonzo Ball may miss training camp in the start of the regular season. Now, it's it's been a puzzling injury all along. They said it was the bone bruise that's bothered him more than the the meniscus injury that he had. But you know, when you consider players who've who've whose careers have ended because of lingering injuries, it does make you a little bit concerned about this kid's long term future because he's missed games almost every season. I, I know, you know, looking at this and hearing so many different reports. Um, it's alarming, you know, mm-hmm. it has to be if you're a fan, um, because again, you know how much this, this guy means to this team. Uh, it was evident last year when he missed games, they were not the same team. Um, they definitely need him to, to make a deep run into the playoffs. He's part of their future. I mean, the bulls invested a lot of money in him. Um, he's, he's right now, it's, it's a question mark, you know, no one really knows, you know, when he's going to be back and, you know, is he going to come back full street? We don't know, you know, until he gets here. So. Uh, hopefully it's not as, as, as bad as it was last year. You know, last year was one of those situations where, you know, it was bothering him all season long. And you don't want something to be, if you're the Bulls and Billy Donovan, you don't want this to be something that lingers all year long where he's in and out of the lineup due to that injury. So um, hopefully they get it taken care of and, 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 you know, he passes all the physical tests and he's ready to go. And they do have depth at that position, obviously. You got Io DeSumo, you got Kobe White, you got Alex Caruso. They're guys that can play that position, but nobody can bring the combination of skills, the three point shooting. I mean, he shot 42% on high volume threes last year. That's something that the Bulls desperately need in their lineup, which means we may see more of Kobe White than maybe we had envisioned going into this season. Well, I tell you what, I'm a big Kobe White fan. You know, I know a lot of people, and I say this every week, we talk about this when we talk about the Bulls. You know, a lot of people, you know, are down on Kobe. You know, and they're basing it off how he played last year when he came back from that shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. But Kobe White is a big part of this team. This kid can shoot over 40% from the three-point line. He's one of the few Bulls that can have big quarters in games, that can take over a quarter and get you 12, 14, 16 points in a quarter. He has that type of ability. So I think people need to temper their frustration with him and, and let him cook. Because mm-hmm. I, I think this year, along with Patrick, you know, uh, Williams, I think these two guys are going to make the biggest jump as far as their production for the team. 
I know one guy who's excited about the start of NBA season. That's our good friend Jeff Vukovic at Nationwide Insurance. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance. That's our good friend Jeff Vukovic. You can find him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And if Stacy's done fooling around with whispers passing notes, can you sing the jingle? <laughs> Nationwide is on your side. <laughs> Nicely done. And if you're watching on Twitch or on YouTube, you can see that Stacy got a real glass today. So he's feeling good about yeah, that. Yeah. You know what? Finally, finally, America, they stopped giving me like the little dollhouse glasses and they pull out the Stella Artois. <laughs> yeah, it's French, French. Is that French beer? Is that French? Yeah, it's French for urine sample. Wow. <laughs> Just oh, like whispers. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay, whispers. Touche. You got me yeah, there. It's yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere, mm -hmm. and uh, whispers yeah. is always yes. up to no good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if Mark didn't drink the same beer you had, there might be a war. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, yeah, Mark, you, you didn't drink the same beer you did, Mark. Yeah. He, I might already got him by now. <laughs> he might have got He might have got a little twang. Is, yeah. this, is this Stella? Or no, wait a minute. Is this Heineken? <laughs> no, it's not Heineken. It's got a real <laughs> European <laughs> flavor yeah, to it. Yeah. real European, like out of the sewer. It's T.W. <laughs> Timmy Whispers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we bring in Antoine Walker, a lot of people are wondering where the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to fit in the balance of power in the Eastern Conference. I was watching NBA Today, and they had a number of different experts. One had him fifth, one had him sixth, one had him below fifth. You know, so it's all over the place. But with the trade for Donovan Mitchell and the fact that they had a couple of all-stars already on the squad and Evan Mobley might be the best of that group, yeah. they have a lot of potential going forward. Where do you see... Stacy's been working hard. He's got yes. his tiers of, of power in the Eastern Conference. America. So you just think everything's just off the cuff over here. No, no. The Hot Sauce Podcast. But we do our homework here. That's right. Okay, so let's throw up the tiers. Hey, oh, nice, okay. nicely that, done. This is why. This Ooh. is why. This is why the, the give me the, get hot the big sauce bucks. Sriracha yeah. crew is is so important to what we're doing here. Okay, so when you look at tier one, these are your these are your teams that in tier one that are like the top four teams by everybody. So you got 76ers, Bucks, Miami Heat, Boston. No particular order. That's mm -hmm. just tier one. Right. Bulls fall in that tier two range. So you're looking at fifth through eighth. Right. Okay. So that's a good place for them. But you look at the teams there. You got Cavaliers, Toronto, Nets. In some polls, uh, Toronto and Brooklyn are ahead of the Bulls. Mm -hmm. And the Bulls are like eighth or ninth. I don't believe that. I think the Bulls are, are in that tier two range. Now, tier three is where it really gets a little dicey because Atlanta is going to be better than what people think. Right, with DeJounte Murray yes, coming in. Yes, But I still think they're going to have a hard time with those two guards because they're both ball-dominant guards. I think they're going to have some problems. Um, the Knicks are the Knicks. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Master Luke, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's listening. I'm sorry. I, I, I just feel they're going to have the same season. Pistons are going to be better. They normally would be in tier four, but I think they're going to be much better. Kay Cunningham is a real deal. Um, yeah, the nice kid, young the players. Kid Ivy, the kid Ivy from Jaden Ivy. Knight is going to be a very good player. I think they're going to complement each other well. And right there, you see there's a black box there, America. Mm -hmm. um, that is a team. Okay, you know, we're going to put, right. I'm going to put somebody in there. I think the Hornets are in that tier three in that tier three thing. I think they have an opportunity, depending what they do, um, if uh, Miles Bridges resigns. Yeah, that's the big unknown. That's the big unknown because he got in trouble this could summer. Could get suspended. So he could get suspended. And so that's a little bit of a, 
a tough situation there. But I would probably put them in that that top 12 teams right there. And as you can see, all these tiers is very competitive. I mean, it's very competitive one through 12. I mean, any of those places could be, you know, any of those teams could be up or down. It just doesn't matter. But Cavaliers, Bulls, Toronto, and Nets are in that, that you know, tier two. People say the Nets. I, I still don't believe in the Nets. I still believe guys are upset that they didn't get traded. Mm-hmm. I believe there's going to be some animosity in that locker room. And I, I just don't believe they're as good as, you know, they think they are. I read something last week that uh, LaMelo Ball is not very happy with the offseason that the Hornets had. So, Chicago. hey, he can always come to Chicago, hey, you know. Hey, I'm not tampering. <laughs> hey, first of all, first of all, Adam Silver, I'm not tampering. I'm just a guy hosting a podcast show with Mark Sinowski. He's the one tampering. I brought it up. Yeah. He's the one tampering. So I'm not you, a team employee. You, I can you, say whatever I want. When you find him $5 million. No, 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 no. I'm not a team employee. I can say whatever don't, I want. Don't be trying to come to Don't be trying to come to the give me the hot sauce fun. Me and Tim, can we cover the bill? The free beer, LaMelo. <laughs> no. But seriously, and listen. all the angel water you can drink. <laughs> hey, listen. That's right. All I'm going to say about that is the key. What have I been saying? The key is get those brothers to go. Oh, D'Angelo, get, yeah. Get get uh, get Jello. Yeah. And I'm not talking about pudding pops. Just, <laughs> you do Bill Cosby in your uh, repertoire of impersonations. Uh, put in your did. pop where it don't belong. <laughs> no, just America. Like whispers. America. We got. I'm just. This is my personal opinion. Get that. Get that middle son. Yeah, Jello, and I'm not putting pops. Get him, okay, and then you got a chance to get yeah. the younger one. Because listen, the one thing people don't understand about basketball, because they think a lot of people all, all try to act like you're playing NBA 2K. Okay, it's about the market. It's about markets. Where yeah. are you? Where is where and your is, brand? And your brand. Yeah. Man, these kids are playing for that stuff. Yeah. And what you, you had to be in a big city if you really, 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 really want your brand to take off. So you're talking New York. You're talking, you know, LA, LA. Uh, Chicago, uh, Miami. Miami. I mean, those are the teams you're talking about. Yeah. And so when you got an opportunity, especially with the Bulls on the way up now, you know, they're moving on the way up, being that team now where they were the number one road team last year, number one in attendance at home. Th- that means something when these kids are looking. And then you got your brother on this team. Yeah. And then you got the second brother, the middle brother, that could be also be on this team at some point. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I, I listen. I Stacey was a, can see I it was, now. I was one of the main people that said, get, get the Greek freak. And and the, and and the Greek freak brother and the little freaks and all the freaks. yeah all the freaks. I was telling bring, bring, all, bring all the freaks when 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 Giannis was a rookie. I'm like, boy, we could just get one of those brothers and then bring him to Chicago because you remember, you know, Chicago is a big city with a with a big Greek you know contingent. They there's great restaurants. There's I mean, they have a great great uh, fan base here for them. So. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I would add the mom come in and say, "Hey, you want to work in it? You want you want to you know cook lunch for us? Or, yeah, come on yeah. in, mama. Come on in, mama. Come on, come on in, come on in." Yeah, Giannis uh, rolled his ankle today in Eurobasket oh, action, but he, he's okay. They said it's just a mild sprain, but I'm sure all the Bucks oh. officials who are over watching the tournament held hey, their breath for a few seconds. I'm gonna tell you something else. Did you see the Giannis movie? Oh yeah, I did. I I'm gonna tell it. you something, yeah. America. If you haven't seen the Giannis movie. It's on Disney Rise, Plus. Rise, Rise, up, Rise, up. Rise. I'm yeah. telling you, it's a great movie. Very good. I, I would put it up there, right up there with some of the better sports movies. It might, yeah. it might be one of the best basketball movies, like right up in the top five basketball movies. 
Yeah, and, and and Milwaukee was the one team that were willing to take a chance at him in that first yeah. round. Brought the whole family over, and that was the key. That, to that was the whole. Key. You got to keep them together, and that's why he's still there because of that loyalty they showed off the bat. Because they got all the family. They there. got all the family. All yeah. the brothers are there. They're they're in the organization somehow. Whether they're playing in the the G League team, uh, his older brothers on the roster too, and I'm the like, young ones now with their Wisconsin herd, their G League team in Wisconsin. Oh, <laughs> America. <laughs> I guess I guess all these other teams didn't see rise. Yeah, I saw Rise, and yeah. I tell you right now, I know that family is extremely close, and I'm getting everybody. I'm getting nieces and nephews, whoever. Come on over, baby. Yeah. Hey, speaking of acting, did you see the show that uh, Patrick Beverly put on at his press conference earlier Ow! this week? He walks by Russell Westbrook, and Westbrook's kind of looking at his feet, looking like, oh, yeah, all right, all right. He gives him a weak dap, you know, and he walks on by. And then he's trying to tell him, oh, we're good, we're good. Remember when Beverly almost tried to take him out? As they were going yeah. to timeout, he yeah. almost got a, almost a knee injury. It yeah. was a couple times. He hurt his knee. Yeah. Okay. Look, look, look. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Look, look, look at this. Look at this right here. Beverly starts with a bang, America. Yeah. Yeah. Like LeBron said, and yeah, AD okay. are supposed to kick up, they, kiss up to him. They'll be playing with me. Yeah. I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. Okay. This is the guy <laughs> that, like, you know, they went a, a play in game or something and looked like they won the national, the, the world championship. He's out right. there celebrating, taking jerseys off, crying. Yeah. He's like, bro, it's just a first, first round <laughs> game. Wow. Like, you know, but the thing about, I, and listen, I like Patrick Beverly. I think I'm a big Patrick Beverly fan because he plays hard. He's from Chicago. He's a mm-hmm. tough kid. I, I don't think he's a Patrick Beverly of three years ago, let alone five years ago. So, what are you, if you're the Lakers, what direction are you going? Like, it's almost like they're, they're confused at moves they need to make. I mean, you, you had THT that you could have moved for draft picks or other, a better player that could actually help you. You probably could have gotten Patrick Beverly off the waiver wire because Utah's going in a younger uh, movement, and they probably would have released him. You could have picked him up there. But you gave up a young, talented player who's coveted in this NBA. There's, every, there's a lot of teams that wanted THT. Yeah, I think that the Lakers are probably still trying to talk with Indiana, try to fu- trying to find a way to get Buddy healed. But you have to give him multiple draft picks to take on that Westbrook contract. Nobody wants to help the Lakers. No, they shouldn't. Why? Yeah. Why? Because at the end of the day, it's like you're going to give up an all-star pow- uh, a power forward center in Turner. You're going to give up one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA in Buddy Heald, who's a young player. It's not like he's 30. Right. And why would you do that? Yeah, Why would you do that? I mean, you have established players. If you're Indiana, how how much how low do you want to go to rebuild? Well, because they're totally tearing it down. They're going to be the worst team in the East this year. Yeah, if they make but that but trade. but but what what these teams don't understand is is that you know you you're giving up you're giving up guys who are still not even in their prime yet. So you know you're selling on them. You're selling to get draft picks. You don't know what a draft pick is going to be later on down the line. You don't know who. I mean, is it Zion? You know, or is it Michael Carter Williams? I mean, you just don't know. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, it's like I got a proven all-star caliber center in Turner. If I don't get the package I want for him, then we'll just sit on him. We still got him for three or four years. Buddy Heald, who's a who's an excellent three point shooter, you just got him from Sacramento. You need you know how how important three point shooting is in this game, and you got one of the best at it, and you're ready to move him for draft picks. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be a soap opera to watch again as the Lakers turn. Hey, before we bring in our, our friend Antoine Walker, uh, Christopher Walken, can you do the uh, hot sauce read, please? Uh, yeah. Tell the folks how they can get the best hot sauce in the game. Trying to score the best hot sauce in the game? <laughs> well, listen up, because we have a variety of flavors that will bring some spice into your life. That's right. 
Give me the hot sauce. That's the best small batch organic sauces for your kitchen. Whether it's Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist. Fan favorite, Sam Pates Verde. A spicy and sweet King's Q with the hottest of the bunch. Chicago Fire, 1871. Ow! What's that going to do to you, that hot one? It'll burn your eyeballs off, Mark. <laughs> I told you that. Oh, I'm back. <laughs> you thought I was gone, Sister Mokinda. I don't want to hear your weasel voice anymore. Tell me, Zinda. I'm not finished, you moron. <laughs> you are done. Stop by GiveMeTheHotSauce.com <laughs> and use code KING21 to get 21% off. Zinda's my sauce. Great stint, America. <laughs> I want you to use Macho Man Savage. <laughs> Bring it to a Slim Jim. Go get me some Slim Jims there. And each box lovingly packed by our friend Tim Kelly. The packer. The hot sauce packer. <laughs> he there be the hot go. sauce packer. The hot there we sauce go. packer. Thanks. I'll just, I'll just go now and start I packing. my hot sauce packed. They're going to stroke out. Well, in the Sriracha <laughs> waiting room, former NBA All-Star Antoine Walker. That's next on episode 97 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. <laughs> episode 97 of Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. It is now our pleasure to welcome in a special guest to Give Me the Hot Sauce. He is Chicago native, the pride of Mount Carmel High School. Won a national championship in Kentucky. Won an NBA title with the Miami Heat. Antoine Walker is our special guest. Twan, thank you so much for making time for us. Uh, you still got the, those Chicago roots. I know you're there now. Uh, is that always coursing through your veins, uh, the, the pride of being a Chicago native? Yeah, I'm, I'm always, I'm Chicago to the day I die. Um, but yeah, I'm back living in Chicago full time. Um, you know, my family's here. Obviously, good friends are here of mine. So um, I don't know if I'm going to be here forever, but for right now, Chicago's home. Talk a little bit about growing up here in Chicago and, and playing basketball in, in this city, which has really produced some of the best basketball players that we've ever seen. Um, and your choice to go to Kentucky. Were you ever even close to staying in state and going to U of I or DePaul or anything? Um, well, I'll start just growing up in Chicago. I think what made growing up in Chicago special is that the way people cover high school sports, you know, and, and elementary school. I remember being ranked in eighth grade. How you get ranked <laughs> in eighth grade? <laughs> and, you know, they was putting us in rankings in the, at that time. So, um, and it was covered really heavily. You know, I, I look, used to look forward to looking in the Tribune and Sun-Times and seeing where you was ranked and what the good high schools and all that stuff. So the way high school basketball was covered made it really special. And there was so much talent that come out of Chicago and the competition was so stiff. So, you had to really work on your game and, and, and be in the gym all the time to, to get really good. Um, and when I got in high school, went to Mount Carmel. Um, of course, my high school coach went to DePaul. Uh, so he was, <laughs> he wanted, he, he wanted me to obviously go there. Uh, Joy Meyer was the coach at the, at the time. And I really considered going there and Illinois too, as well. They were coming off the uh, Kenny battle, uh, Kendall Gill, Steve Bardo, Nick Anderson, that run. Um, so I, I was really interested in that school as well, too. So the Midwest schools really had a shot, especially the in-state schools of, of getting me. But um, Kentucky fitted my style of play. Um, I was a huge fan of Jamal Mashburn. Um, he was going to leave once um, coming in. So I knew it was going to be an opportunity for me to get a lot of playing time right away. 
and the style of play. He was going to let me shoot threes and, you know, handle the basketball. And not saying other schools wasn't going to do that, but um, the style of play fitted me perfectly. Hey, Antoine, I was one of those media guys that was chasing you back in the high school days. I remember doing a story on you uh, when I was at ABC7. Uh, mm-hmm. You were playing high school basketball. One of your teammates, people don't realize this, Donovan McNabb was on the team. Yes. And one of the volunteer assistants at the time was Storman Norm Van Leer. Norman. What, yeah. what was that like to, to try to soak in the wisdom of Norm? And did Norm ever lose his cool during some of those practices? Oh, Norm lost his cool a ton. <laughs> no surprise to hear that. <laughs> yeah, he was, you know, obviously we all know how Norm was. He's very vocal, straight shooter, tell you how it is, um, which was great for me. I mean, I was an undisciplined kid that thought all you're supposed to do is just, you know, shoot the basketball and that was going to, you know, get you somewhere. So he was great. He was a great addition, a great help for us. And what more can I say about Donovan McNabb? We went to school all four years. Um, he was the second leading scorer. He was my running mate all four years. We had great success on the basketball court, but um, uh, just a, a good friend that that we obviously you know rooted in and cared for each other in school and really pushed each other. Um, a lot of people don't know. I don't know if you guys even remember. You know, Donovan went to school to play basketball and football. Yeah, yeah. he was on the basketball team at Syracuse. Right. So it's funny. I played against Donovan in the national championship game. Wow. He was on that team. He was on the Syracuse team and. Uh, so uh, just great to see how his career turned out. And never thought he would be the quarterback that he was because if you ever went to a Mount Carmel high school game, it's, it was a lot of option running, a lot of running the ball. He probably only threw the ball 10, 12 times a game. And then to see him go to Syracuse and do what he did with his arm was unbelievable. Yeah, speaking of style of play, you know, you played in the Catholic League, and that was not what you would call fast-paced basketball. You have games that were 39 to 36. How frustrating was that to play in that slow style when you had that talent that could just uh, score on anybody? I think this, um, obviously, conference play was was difficult, but um, the school did a good job of giving us good non-conference games. So we, you know, we would play some public school schools during the school year. We played in I remember Centralia Christmas tournament. So we would go downstate and play in big Christmas tournaments. So they did a good job of mixing it up. But um, it was the best thing for us, especially for me as a player. So I, I, I was ecstatic about being in Mount Conway. We, we, gave, we didn't ever win a state championship, but we were always ranked in the top three. And we gave some public schools a run for their money. Talk a little bit about when you got drafted by Boston. You go into a storied franchise with all those banners. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how was that for you? How intimidating was that when you first walked in there and you saw those uh, all those people that how they the fans how they love Boston and because that's a crazy fan base. Uh, man, you, 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 it was actually really scary when you think when I think about it. I look back on it. Well, at the time when I came in, ML Carr was the head coach and GM. Dennis Johnson was the assistant. Casey Jones was an assistant. Um, you know, Tommy Heinsohn doing radio. At this time, when I came in, JoJo White was a part of the organization. Cedric Maxwell was doing radio. Um, Bird was around. Bill Russell was around. Red Allback. Wow. Um, and they were coming off some tough years. Uh, we all know about Reggie Lewis and then Lynn Bias. Um, so they were really in the rebuilding stage. So. It was, it was great. They embraced me with open arms. But, yeah, it's intimidating because it's a different organization. Um, they're very prideful. Um, you know, they bleed green. And, and you know, it was a, a huge responsibility to not necessarily win an NBA championship, but to try to get back to respectability because they're an organization that wants to be at the top of the NBA every year. So, um, But it was, it was intimidating at first. But to be around those guys and to be able to soak up the knowledge and the things I was able to get from them early in my career was invaluable. 
You played with Paul Pierce. Both of you guys made all-star teams. You scored a lot of points, but as you mentioned, you didn't have the team success that you wanted. Uh, how frustrating was that? I know Paul at times lashed out about his frustration. Now, was that tough playing, as you mentioned, with a rabid fan base and not being able to win the games like you, you, you think you should in Boston? Oh, it was difficult in the beginning, but I think one thing that we did do, we did get back to the playoffs. I think that was something that we could hold our hat on. We got a run there. We went to the Eastern Conference Finals where we lost to New Jersey. Um, and New Jersey was on their run when they went to the finals back-to-back. So um, it was a little frustrating because we wanted to build a team. We had me and myself and Paul, and we probably was one other player away from really being the Eastern – probably getting to the finals. Um, but, you know, it, it happens. Um, we both were still able to get our NBA titles. He was able to do it as a Celtic, which is great. I was able to go to Miami and win it with some special guys to be able to play with Shaq and – D Wade and Alonzo Mourning and Gary Payton uh, with those guys were, were, was a great treat for me. And, and um, so it worked out for the best. When you, when you look back at your, your first year, you, you led the team in scoring a rebound. Your team didn't have success, but then here comes your coach from college, Rick Pitino. And <laughs> so when you found out that Rick Pitino was, was a possibility that he could come to Boston and coach, what were you thinking in that moment? Actually, I was excited, man, because um, obviously I had a lot of success with him in college and and coach was I was really close to coach at the time. And um, he was a father figure for me. So when I came in, he actually really helped me even after having a good rookie year because he moved me from the three to the four. And that was huge for me. So that gave me a lot of disadvantages. Um, I mean, gave me a lot of advantages um, at the four position playing in the league at the four. And I wasn't your typical four man. So. It brought, it gave me opportunity to really flourish. Um, when his first year, I think I made the all-star team that year and put up probably my career numbers with, with uh, Rick Pitino that year. So it was great. Um, and he came in, obviously, one thing about Coach that made it a little sour is that he wanted to win right away. I mean, you guys know when you're in the rebuilding stage, it takes time. He was impatient. He was wearing two hats. He was the GM and the head coach, which was unheard of at that time, which was very difficult for him to do. And I just played with too many players in a two-year span. I mean, he just – we drafted Chauncey Billups third and traded him at all-star break. I mean, wow. you know, you know, <laughs> I mean, really, you know, how you draft a guy, in, you know, third and we trade him at all-star break. Um, so that, that's how impatient he was about winning. Um, and so it didn't work out uh, for Coach with the, with the team. And we started to get a little bit better um, after he ended up leaving. Yeah, it was, that was the year I think Boston had two or three first-round draft picks, and they're hoping to get Tim Duncan – and then you ended right, up, yep. it didn't work out. What it was, uh, what was it, Ron we Mercer? Ron, yeah, we got Chauncey and Ron, which yeah. is still two great players. Obviously, we wanted Tim Duncan. Um, and kind of like my rookie year, without me knowing, I mean, back when you never thought about it, but we wasn't really trying to win. I mean, I, obviously, I think ML was trying to get me a lot of playing time. I was playing a, a bunch of minutes, getting some experience. But winning, winning the losses, it wasn't, wasn't on the top of the list. We won 15 games, so that's Ooh, you know. that's we, a long year. I think, yeah, I think we were 15. We were 15, like 67. I think yeah, it was great. Yeah, but for for a young player like yourself, you're getting all those minutes. You know, if you go on to a veteran yeah. team, let's say you came on with Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and those guys, you probably only were not even playing. So you get an opportunity to play, <laughs> hone your skills, uh, go with everybody every night. Because, like, I mean, you was going to everybody as a rookie. It's like, oh, who's this dude? Yeah. dude putting up numbers. Yes, yeah, that's, that's one thing I give. Uh, I always tell people. I always thank ML for it because he he brought me along slowly. Then 
kind of turned me loose there towards the second half of the season and gave me a real opportunity to compete against guys. And then remember, I was playing at three positions, so I'm going against the Scotty Pippins of the world and and those type of guys. So it, it was really tough and getting the opportunity to go against those guys on, and with 40 minutes and having opportunities um, was a big success for me and it helped me going into the next year. Antoine, you've always had a big personality. Uh, you enjoy talking mm-hmm. with people and, and uh, things. life comes at you fast. Uh, you, you come into the mm-hmm. NBA, you're scoring a lot of points, you're in national ad campaigns, you're employee number uh, eight. What, what, was that, what was that all like for you, doing those national ads? Uh, it was great. Uh, Sonny Vaccaro was running the D's at the time. I knew Sonny, Sonny Vaccaro in high school. Um, and when I came out, he gave me a big Adidas deal. Um, and I have to, I have to really give all the credit to Adidas. They, they came up with the campaign, the slogan, and you know, the, the whole new kids on the block, Boston mm-hmm. employee number eight, that was all the Adidas and putting the marketing behind me. And they were trying to make a big splash in basketball. They signed myself, Kobe, um, Tracy McGrady, I think Jermaine O'Neal. So they were really starting to take off in, in the basketball circuit. And so I always thank Sonny Vaccaro and, and Adidas for getting behind me and supporting me and actually making me a, um, and branding me and marketing me out there. Now you, you talked about earlier when you came on about winning a championship uh, in Miami. Mm-hmm. Tell us, because I play, I play with Pat Robin. So, 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 give give the listeners a little bit of your experience playing with first of all Hall of Famers and, and Shaq and D Wade, uh, and, and then playing with Pat Riley. Pat Riley is a different, different guy, different coach. Yeah, um, I mean, I'll never forget the opportunity of playing with those guys. I, I think you know, and Stacey, you you can you can attest to this when you're a part of championship teams. And I just always remember how close we were on and off the court. And, how much time we spent with each other. Uh, when you just think about, they put that team together and in, in over a summer, um, and basically, you know, guys bought into it. I've never. That was my ninth year, but I never went into a training camp where the expectations was championship or bust. So the focus was just totally different. And uh, being around Shaq, I tell people Shaq is one of my best teammates. I played with the same guy every day. Um, to be around D Wade and watch him come into becoming this superstar. Was, was unbelievable. Alonzo Morning, to see the work ethic that he put in every day to just to be able to play. Uh, people don't understand. He was taking 40, 50 pills a day. He had to get his, you know, his, his blood work every day, get checked to be able to play and to watch him go on that journey. And obviously Gary Payton, who's a good friend of mine. So just all those guys, you know, Udonis Haslam, Posey, um, White Chocolate, Jay Will. So it was just, that was special to me to be a part of that team and how close we were. We had a saying that we called it 15 strong. So that was our little saying throughout the whole season. But then the big fella, now you know about Pat Ryan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell a little bit about um, that. Pat, yeah. Because so, people think I exaggerate. Um, no, 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 no. So you guys that probably don't remember, Stan Van Gundy was the coach first. Yes, he was yeah. first, yes. So, Stan, so Stan, Stan coached the first 20 games. We were 10 and 10. And we woke up the next day and Pat said um, – came down and told us he was letting Stan go and he'll be the head coach. And things dramatically changed. Um, for me personally, uh, Stan wanted me coming off the bench because they like UD in the starting lineup. So immediately Pat Riley told him, you don't you don't come off the bench no more. He told me I don't come off the bench no more. I start and we'll figure out how you're going to get your points and score, but you're going to start with, with D-Wade and, and Shaq. So I'm like, all right, that was one start. But uh, just a disciplinarian, I work hard. You got to work hard for him. Yeah. Um, Stacey, you know how he is. The body fat and weight yeah. on you every single day. 
um, about that. I mean, the bikes, that the bikes, you gotta, <laughs> you know, he's gonna, he gonna talk to you for about an hour. Then you gotta yep. get the bike for about forty five minutes. You got your own personal bike, and this ain't gonna just ride the bikes. People <laughs> gotta understand. You gotta put your heart money on. Yep. He gotta know that heart rates up. Um, but yeah, four hour practices, Nick. Thank you know that four hour practices. Like you a job. Take, hey, knee pads, everything. <laughs> hey, you know that, that that's rouse. Long hour. I never knew a man had so many stories. He had a story for you every day. Yes. That would last 30, 45 to an hour. So he, he's just one of those guys. But um it was great to play for him though. He's a great coach, great. IQ for the game, um, challenges you, uh, makes, holds you accountable. Um, the way he coached D Wade and Shaq, um, I don't think too many people could coach those guys like that. He, he coached those guys really hard. Antoine, have you seen the, the show winning time on HBO where they kind of lampoon the whole thing where, where they've got these, these actors playing the different roles and they make, they make Pat Riley look like this weak guy that didn't, <laughs> didn't know what was going on. I mean, it, it, it's a crazy <laughs> show, but th- th- this whole summer there's been different things. Uh, Magic Johnson did a four-part series on Apple TV, and now there's something on Hulu with the legacy of the Lakers. It seems like people are, are learning about Pat Riley all over again. Because remember, he was a great player at Kentucky, kind of you know a bench player in the NBA, but he had to find his way in the coaching ranks and 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 kind of mm-hmm. got to this legend status. People don't realize that that he had to kind of claw for everything that he got. Yeah, and one thing about him, he's. He's not humble. He's he very cocky. You know, he, 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 he's not. He's, so it's different. Like, you know, he, he had humble beginnings to get in, but that's not the way he is. I mean, like, and, and he, he, he demands it. Um, you know, one thing I do like about him, he lays the rules out for you. Because, you know, Stacy knows there are NBA rules, and then he hands you the Miami Heat rule book. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is a little different. So, um, and, and, and he treats you like a man. So one thing you understand, if you, if you do something that does not, that requires a fine. You get your pink slip and you move on. And, and, and that's the way, the way he is. So you have to respect that about him, but he wants to win and it has to be his way or the highway. So it ain't, ain't no in between. You have to, you're going to do it his way. And, that, and that's what makes probably the heat culture is as good as it is. And you see so many players be successful guys that are played other places, go down and re record and their career starts over when they get with the Miami heat. Yeah, he's 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 demanding, but he does everything first class. You don't stay in none but Ritz Carlton's. Yeah. Oh yeah, everything's first class. Yeah. <laughs> everything's first we class. Won, we we were one of the first with our own plane too. I think the plane when teams were trying to you know, when once owners start buying their own plane. I want to say the Heat were one of the first with their own plane. Yeah, my his first year I was there with him. They they uh they built that plane. They were building that plane and uh we got mm-hmm. to fly on. It was me and Pete Myers was down there, boy. We, you know, coming from Chicago <laughs> and then playing for Phil Jackson and then playing for him. They're they're both they both are alike. They're both very competitive, uh, but they go about two different ways getting to where they need to go. Um, and one thing right. I say about Pat is, is Pat's very demanding. Uh, if if you if you down there on some, you know, I'm just gonna chill in Miami. Uh, you might as well just pack them going home because that's not gonna happen. Oh no, he gonna get it out of you because I mean he knows how Miami is so. He makes sure he gets out of you. Got you need a nap after you leave there. Oh, got to get a nap. Oh, I could. I, hey, listen, I, I tell people all the time. I couldn't even say, "How'd you like Miami? Was it nice?" I, I never got to see it. I'm too <laughs> tired. <laughs> too busy running. I'm too busy running seventeens. I hey, hey, Twan, you know, you 
walk into you yeah. walk into the practice facility, right? He got seventeen bikes lined up. Everybody got their own individual bike. It's yeah. like two of the fronts, yeah. Yeah. and you and you're not just riding the bike. You actually like <laughs> no. it's like them spin classes, orange therapy, or all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. You doing that kind of stuff. That that woo, <laughs> and you don't want to miss practice because if y'all sitting out hurt. You doing you, run. you you running you doing something that if the team is out there for four hours you doing something on the sideline yeah. for four hours. Yeah, <laughs> you might as well practice. It ain't might, good. Yeah, I'll go out and limp out with a hurt knee. I got a torn ACL. I'm just gonna go out there and play. I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather practice than be doing all this stuff over there. Hey, we, <laughs> we have some questions uh, from our Twitch chat. Uh, one person was asking, "Did you ever play against Ronnie Fields and Kevin Garnett in high school?" No, they one year ahead of me. Okay. Um, we, I never got an opportunity um, to play against those two. They're not there in 93, maybe. They're 93, 94. Who were some of the guys that were your peers that you played against in high school? Uh, that was probably my, my guys were uh, Rashad Griffin, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Herman, um, Jerry G, right. Jimmy Jerry Saxon. G? Yeah, Jimmy Jackson. I'm uh, Jim, I'm doing Jimmy Saxon. Um, trying to think of all the guys that um, in the public league that were really good. But King was the dominant team in the public league when when I came in my years. Right. And they had the, both the seven footers, Tommy and, and Rashard. Right. Both the right. seven footers. Yeah. So those were they would they dominated the uh, the public league at that time. When you when you talked about when Rick Pitino came over and took over the Celtics and he moved you to the four. See, now mm-hmm. it's funny when you look at today's game now, you start to see that. Like, you you might have been, like, the forefather of that because now when you look at the game now, you see stretch. You see guys who played small forward early in their career now are stretch fours. So when you watch the game, do you see, like, like you know, where do you think you would have fit into this this style of play with the way it's so open, the fouls are not as, as aggressive as we saw when we played, uh, the game's more open? How would you think your game would have translated? Uh, I think it would have been perfect. Um, I mean, I used to get criticized for shooting so many threes. Every team now in the league shoots fifty threes a game. So now that that opens up, that's a different that's a different lane for me. Um, being able to handle the ball, um, you know, you had to be with the right coach sometimes for a coach to let you do that. And I think now you got more teams that are doing it. But I always say, I, right now when I watch the game, I was just born too early. I, this is this is the time of, I need to be playing it right now. This is like you know perfect perfect style of basketball that I wish I could play in. I enjoy it. You know, I know, you know, sometimes it gets a little, you know, every team just really pick and roll, but I can play in a pick and roll. Like you can play in a pick and roll. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's that type of game. So I love it. I know. I was just telling Stacy about uh, your famous quote when somebody asked you, why do you shoot so many threes? You said, cause there aren't any fours. <laughs> <laughs> what was the yeah, context? What was the context of that? Because that guy must've been embarrassed after he asked that. Well, you know what it was? I'm going to be honest with you. I was, it was all-star weekend. Um, it was Saturday, you know, your mandatory media day, yeah. and I was and I I was hungover from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I you know you know you at the media session, and at the time, I think I had I probably had like 250 attempts up already by All Star break. So they was giving me a hard time. He's like, why are you shooting so many threes? That's when it just came out. Like, there ain't no fours. <laughs> <laughs> but I was hungover. From, it was All Star weekend though. That's, oh, that's, that's a great quote hungover. though. Now, yeah. now, growing growing up in Chicago, <laughs> were, were you a Bulls fan? Huge Bulls fan. Um, obviously, the first champ, the first three championships. You know, 
that you get sitting in my face, standing in my face right now. I'm sorry. Now. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm, I, 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 I felt I was, a, I was a huge fan of that. And then obviously the last three, I came in the league in 96. So I got to go against those, uh, go against, you know, the guys in you know, 96, 97. So I wasn't really cheering for them, but obviously I was aware <laughs> of them. Um, my first game was against the Chicago Bulls. So that, that was crazy. My first NBA game was against the Bulls. So I went 1-11 against those teams. Wow. We won one game, and obviously we never played tough in the playoffs. But 96, 97, 98, I won one game. Uh, you're not the only one. There are a lot of teams yeah, that won one on one. There's a lot of teams right now. There's, oh, there's line seven. We got, we got Milwaukee we, we, on the line. We, got, we caught that game. We caught them in the beginning when Scotty was sitting out. Remember Scotty didn't play the first yeah. 30, 40 games? Right. We, we caught him early, opening night. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, I tell you what, man. I mean, you know, if when you're watching these games now, I know you're a huge fan. I know you're a huge fan. Who, who, what players do you love to watch? Like, what, love to watch play because they way the way they play the game. Um, first and foremost is Giannis. I think Giannis is 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 unbelievable. Um, I, I love watching him. Um, I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan. Um, I know he didn't have a great year last year, but prior to that, um, just one of those guys that was going to give you, you know, max effort every night. I like watching him play. Um, I still, I still like watching LeBron play. I think what he's doing is special at his age. I like watching. I watch like LeBron and and then you know Kevin Hart, uh, Kevin um, Durant is, is another guy I like to watch because his size and his ability to shoot the basketball. Um, so I got about four. I got about ten guys that I'm gonna tune in to watch. Uh, Steph is in there. The young guys, John ja Morant. I like to watch him play. Um, say, um, I really enjoyed last year, to be honest with you. I enjoyed watching DeMar DeRozan um, kind of reset his career and, you know, be in the MVP conversation and, and, and watch his run. So um, I got my guys I watch, regardless of what's on national TV, I still go in addition and I'm going to watch players I like to watch. Early in the show, we were talking about the Bulls getting ready for the start of training camp, and Stacy's been over at the Advocate Center, and he said he thinks Patrick Williams is poised for a breakout year. Here's a guy who didn't start in college. He's one year at Florida State and uh, had an injury last year, unfortunately, but he's got all the raw physical tools. He's about 6'7", 6'8", with long arms. He's got a nice shooting touch. What do you think uh, the ceiling is for Patrick Williams in the NBA? I love him. I think um, he came until like, people thought he was going to be just a defender. Um, I think his offensive game is picked up, and I think he understands that. Uh, last year, I know he struggled in the playoffs, making shots. He has, you know, had tough times. So that's those, those things that that motivates guys to to be better. Um, but I like him. I think he, he's a great addition to their team. He's gonna be able to play the three and the four. Um, and was just what we talked about. Stacy just talked about. He's kind of like one of those positionless players. You know, you can play him at you know in that, in that three four position. He don't really have a set position. And once that jump shot starts to fall, you know, sky's the limit how good he's going to be. Let our listeners know, Tuan, what you're doing now. You're in the media field now. You're doing, uh, yeah. you're doing a little broadcasting. and then and Yeah. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> so um, I've been working with Fox now for the last uh, three years. Um, well, no, actually four years now. So I'm typically on the um, first things first in the morning. And Colin, um, I go on Colin a lot. Worked a lot on all the shows, really, because of the Zoom, how we're talking right now. But we're, uh, First Things First is back in the studio. Um, it's not in the morning anymore, but I'm, I'm still a part of their team. Um, did NBA TV last year for the first time. 
Um, so I went down and, and worked with those guys uh, for the first time. So I'm looking forward to going back to being on um, NBA TV. And then also I work with the league during the season. I do all the financial literacy um, with the Players Association. So this will be my fourth year coming up with those guys. So we travel to all 30 teams and have these meetings and conversations with the guys about financial literacy and making sure uh, guys are doing the right things with their money. So that's been very um it's been very good for me to be able to be back a part of that and to be back around the guy. So I stay busy, man. I, I stay busy during the season, and I'm just happy to still be a part of it. Twan, how did you get involved in that with the financial literacy? Obviously, people know your story. You had some financial difficulties after your playing career. Is that something that you really wanted to get involved with? Is that something you initiated? Um, yeah, I was I was doing it at the collegiate level, which was, which, which was fine. Um, but I wanted to be back in front of my peers. And um, I got blessed with the opportunity about four years ago. They started to use more retired players um, to be a part of it. And myself, Eddie Curry, um, mm-hmm. ex-Bull, is a part of it. Eddie Nahara. So we got some ex-players that, that come in and help and share their testimony and try to help these young guys out. So it's been, it's been great um, to be back a part of that as well. I need. I gotta ask you a question because you know, like, yeah. you know, when you when you have guys like, you know, there's a lot of hatred for Isaiah Thomas for for, yeah. like, for being a Piston, the Bulls fans. Like, what what was your relationship with growing up? And and did you did you idolize Isaiah Thomas or were you a fan of Isaiah Thomas uh, when he was playing for the Pistons? No, I wasn't a fan of Isaiah. I became a fan of Isaiah over years lately because I've had an opportunity to see him now get more. Um, and be around him and get to know him. Um, I was a, uh, a Magic Johnson guy. Um, you know, when I grew up, I idolized Magic Johnson. And then, obviously, you know, we all grew in love to follow Michael once, once you know, here in Chicago. So that quickly turned from Magic to loving Michael, so real quick. So, <laughs> um, But I've over the years, he got an opportunity to um, get to know Isaiah on a more personal level. Um, so I really enjoy speaking to him and talking to him and, just to hear some of his Chicago roots because, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see Isaiah play. So I missed like the Isaiahs, the Mark Aguirre's. I didn't see them play. I've only heard stories and saw very small footage on all, all those guys. So now getting the opportunity to be around them, it's a little different. My guy's more like Tim Hardaway. Yeah. Where like, like I've you know, seen Tim, played against Tim. Um, you know, though he was more of my, my speed. The, the older guys, I didn't get an opportunity really to see, but um, now I know Isaiah, so I'm on a more personal level. So I've, I've grown to like it, and uh, we've become friends now. Antoine, though, uh, you're you're in uh, Chicago's top five all time over those three guys you just mentioned as well. Really? Yeah. So that, I'm sad. Like, I never um, got an opportunity <laughs> to, to really sit and play. I, no. I, that I was uh, from the sports press play, in Chicago. But, Chicago's yeah. top five. You're in the, the top five of all time. Well, I'm glad because you know you know we got mixed emotion. You know you get to argue about Chicago basketball with guys. They get to go on, you know they can go deep on you. You know they start talking about guys and and I seen them play. It's hard to rank. Yeah, so yeah. I always I always go with guys that that I know and I've seen play. So Tim, you don't have any weird connection of people that you met that third hand. <laughs> any peeping Tom well, stories that you happen to be hiding in his closet in well, downtown. Well, hey, Ant- Tim hotel. is our secret weapon. We never know what he's going to ask yeah. Antoine. So. No, a little creepy, Antoine. A little there's creepy. A, there, there is a story with Antoine. It doesn't involve me, though, but is it true that uh, a while back when Jordan was looking to get back in shape that you were running with him and then they invited a young 16-year-old LeBron James in 
and they ended up playing one-on-one -on -one back then? So they actually yeah, did it? Um, so um, in 2001, um, I used to get a phone call randomly. I'm done with the season, and it's Michael. You know, back when we used to call private. Yeah. So the number comes up private, you know what I mean? So I asked the phone, ended up being Michael. And then, um, at the time, in Chicago, we probably had about 30, I would say 30, 35 pros that lived in the city. Um, and I was kind of like the commissioner of the the workouts, of the runs, not so much the workouts, the runs or the pickup ball. Um, so guys would play four or five days out the week. And I think somebody told Michael that you need to find Antoine because he can get all the guys together. So Michael called and said, hey, keep it quiet. I think about, I'm thinking about coming back. I want to get in the gym, see how my body feels. And we started going to the gym every day with Tim Grover um, at Hoops Gym and working out every single day um, the whole summer. So the runs were unbelievable. Um, they used to be legendary. I mean, we had guys flying in town. And Michael's real particular on how he likes to run. And Stacy probably knows this. He wants referees. He wants the game to be played in a you know, real 5-1-5 setting. Um, you know, obviously, they're competitive. It's, it's crazy. And LeBron came up there, yeah, at 16. Stayed with us for a whole week. He stayed with us for a week and trained and, um, and played Mike one-on-one. -on -one. But, you know, Tim Grove was really uh, – he runs the gym really strict. So, young guys wasn't allowed to play in the beginning. So they would have to play like wait till we tired, and then they would get a chance to play at the end. Like so, LeBron didn't get through in the mix like that. You know when he first got up here, but he got an opportunity to be around Michael and and see us play and be competitive. But those runs were legendary, man. Wow. It was some great basketball games. So even the chosen one had to wait his turn. That's, That's a great right. story. Yeah, he had yeah he had to wait his turn. <laughs> yeah, so, that is a truth. How you hear that story? So so, so who won? How, how you hear that story? Yeah, but who won the one on one game? Down. Who won the one-on-one -on -one game? No, he didn't. LeBron didn't win. <laughs> no, no, there's no way, no way you're beating Mike. No, Come on now. I, I, heard, I, heard, I heard the story was uh, Mike beat him, and then pat him on the back. Says that's why I get thirty-three million bucks a year. Yeah, wow. that's probably he probably said something on that. He probably said something to that lines. Everybody knows Mike's probably the biggest trash talk ever. So oh, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's that's on that's that's something Mike probably said to him. But, yeah, that was an amazing summer for me personally and just everybody. I mean, guys would fly in, you know, stay a whole week, get out of there. But we already had, like I said, we already had 30 pros. At that time, myself, Jawan Howard, Michael Finley, um, Tim Hardaway, Quentin Richardson, Darius Miles, Bobby Simmons. Wow. I mean, we had 30 guys already floating around in the city every day anyway. And then we had all these guys would fly in um, to play. We played at 2 o'clock every day. We would play from 2 to, like, 5.30. It runs be three and a half hours. But if you lose, you may have to sit out two games mm, Wow! before you can get back on. So guys will come in early, get their work in, your individual shooting. They lift, and, and we played every day at 2 o'clock. But um, it was great. That's, yeah. that's really awesome that, that Tim was able to dig that up. Yeah. You know, this is a guy, like I said, he probably was at Hoops Gym in event. And he saw it himself. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of reporter, <laughs> well, that's the kind of reporter yeah. he is, Antoine. Well, I was invited, but I thought yeah. it was to play, and they said, no, you can manage the Gatorade. So oh, that's, that's my God. <laughs> Everybody has a job, Tim. You know, that's you just right. got to do it well. Do it. He was packing back then. <laughs> yeah, we had. But no, that was a great time. That's great. That's actually great. That people, I didn't know you, you, know you knew that, but yeah, that was a great time. A lot of people don't know that's how that went. 
Yeah, you mentioned Tim Hardaway. He's taking his rightful spot in the Basketball Hall of Fame this weekend, so we wish Tim well. We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. Twan, we want to thank you so much for taking time with us. It was great catching up. Great to see you back in Chicago. Best of luck with your media endeavors, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again down the road. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it, Twan. Stay on the grind, boy. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, bye. Antoine Walker, our special guest, episode 97 to Give Me the Hot Sauce. The Bears season kicks off this Sunday at home against the San Francisco 49ers. We'll talk Win. some football when we come back. We had a great time talking with Antoine Walker. <laughs> Might have heard it coming out of the break, you know, saying people are on the Twitch chat are amazed that Tim could dig up this information. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so Nick Bianchi says, I knew Timmy knew something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're throwing you a bone. Wow. wow. Instead of like last week, I just feel dumber every time he talks. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said that. Yeah. I wasn't sure that was a compliment or not. Oh, it's it's not God. just all your impersonations and good looks. You know, you've got some oh. knowledge, too. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Antoine was impressed though yeah he was I, I just can picture this a 16 year old LeBron James say hey can I play can I play yeah. you know that's just weird that he had to first of all that he was there that he was invited to play with all these NBA guys and then he had to stand on the sideline and wait his turn well obviously obviously they knew about him oh sure yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't just show up from Akron Ohio right right and showing up in that type of environment yeah. with all those pros somebody knew about him and someone said this kid is the real deal. We need to bring him in. That's and crazy, though, because that was before all the Sports Illustrated and, 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 the, and the hype. Because well, he was still playing football back well, then. Well, Ma- Michael knew him before yeah. that, though. See, yeah. Michael knew him during the Bulls' second three-peat and met him at, when they played the Cavaliers. There's pictures and videos of him yeah. actually talking to LeBron when LeBron was probably like a sophomore in high school. And so he, he knew about him. And I'm sure Nike knew about him, and, yeah. and all the you know people at the brass at Nike said, "Hey, this kid's the real deal. This might be the second coming." And so that's probably how he got in there. But that shows you how the hype train was just on full speed. You know, here's a 16 year old kid, and Antoine's organizing games with people he knew from the NBA, and someone must have contacted Antoine and said, "Hey, why don't we bring this kid in here too?" Black Jesus, Michael yeah. Jordan made that phone call. You know, yeah. it's like he got that direct phone call, LeBron. <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. I'm on my way, Mike. So he's coming. I'm going to teach I, you I, a lesson. I, I guarantee that's what happened. Yeah. Because there's no way in the world, like, if, if that kid could not have played at 16 years old, yeah. there's no way in the world MJ's going to bring him in there. No yeah, way. He's ta- all the guys he rattled off the names, yes. you know, all star caliber those, yeah, players. He's bringing yes. a high school kid yes. in to play. He's bringing a 16 year old kid in there to play against pros. Yeah. So that just tells you, listen. Any LeBron haters out there, you can hate him for, you know, leaving Cleveland and doing all the decision. Because that's basically where all the hate came right, from. That's the where decision, it came from. That's where it all came from. Had that never taken place, LeBron, there would not be so much LeBron hate. There would be more. He would be more adored like Michael Jordan. Um, whether he had played in Miami. Because all he had to do in that decision was he should have fired whoever whoever made that. Whoever yeah. said, let's, let's do this on national television. Should have fired him. But... What he should have done was, was just say, hey, look, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to play with my friend. I'm going to Miami to play with, you know, Dwayne Wade. I don't yeah, think yeah. anybody would have would have faulted him for doing that. You know, but the way the big press conference and um, the decision and the, uh, taking the video of him walking around and going to visit teams and stuff. And, uh, We're going to yeah. win six, seven, eight. Yeah, and then it was like, then it was like, um, yeah, you know, that press I'm, conference I'm, I'm taking, horrible. I'm taking my talents to South Beach, yeah. and I think that really rubbed people the wrong way. Right, that right. to me, honestly, I could be wrong, 
But that's where all the LeBron hate started. And then the owner threw gasoline on the fire. And then the owner said, he, you know, he, he'd never want him back. Yeah. You know, uh, we're glad he's gone. We're going to win a championship before he is. Yeah, no, you're not. No. <laughs> just, stop. just stop. Just stop, just stop, Daniel Gilbert. You're not going to win it without him, okay? And so then he comes back. He wins a title in Cleveland. And so then he leaves again. But there was no hate this time leaving because he brought a title to Cleveland. Right. He did what he said he was going to do. I think he went to Miami to learn how to win. That's what I think, me personally. I think he went to, to Miami, learn how to you know play under a Pat Riley, under Spolstra, play in, you know, learn. I think that's where he learned his GM ability from Pat Riley. <laughs> but he should be fired as a GM right now. Yeah, he's, his, he's lost his, his skills. I'm telling you right now, man, like, man, I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a LeBron James fan. Okay, but I'm not a LeBron James GM fan because like the moves that have been made, <laughs> the moves that have been made the last couple of years, other than Anthony Davis, yeah, has not really, really been well. Because you imagine if they would have, they if LeBron would have just been a little patient and let those kids like Lonzo Ball, Ingram, Ingram, who turned out to be All Star, yeah. Julius uh, Randle was there, Randle, Kuzma, mm -hmm. uh, Caruso's there. Let those guys grow and marinate. No you, patience. Now, and patience. Yeah. Now, you, you, you take two years to wait for that. Maybe three, okay? Now you're looking at yourself having a dynasty yeah. with that young team. Oh my with God, the way yeah. they've all turned out, come on, man. Really? Yeah. You could have won four or five titles with that team. Yeah, patience is a tough thing. Hey, the NFL season kicks off today. Uh, we are uh, recording this episode on Thursday evening. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, Buffalo Bills. That's a good game. A lot of people whispers are picking Buffalo to win it all. What do you think? Nope. <laughs> Who do you got? <laughs> Who do you got? To win it all this year? Yeah. Oh, man, that, that, that's a tough pick. But, I mean, last year I went with Tennessee, so I got, I got smoked on that one. Yeah. Um, and no, the, the thing with Buffalo, you know, they, they brought in Von Miller to, to strengthen their defense. Josh Allen went head-to-head -head with Mahomes last year. I mean, I think Buffalo is ready, but there's so much competition in the AFC. You know, it's, it's going to come down to who gets hot in the playoffs and who plays some defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to pick the Rams, though, again. Why is that? This point. They, they, they're not old like uh, some of these other teams. And they're, they're, they still picked up some good players again. I don't know how they do it because we give everyone away. Well, the Bears kick off the season uh, noon Sunday at Soldier Field against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And they're, they're trying to work in a new quarterback in Trey Lance. Justin Fields has been getting a lot of uh, favorable reviews, both locally and nationally, with his play. The Bears, of course, went 3-0 and during the preseason. Fields had three touchdown passes in the last one against the Cleveland Browns. Undefeated. I, Stacey, I think he could be a surprise. I and mean, he's starting to get some respect nationally because people mm -hmm. forget this guy's got all the physical tools you want in an NFL quarterback. 3-0 and during the preseason. I know people are going to sell in the preseason, but for the Bears, that's huge. And for his confidence, that's huge because he played well, especially in that last preseason game where I think he completed 70% of his passes. I mean, he was just unbelievable. It, it, you know, you look at their schedule, and we talked about it last week when we, we popped their schedule up. They have an opportunity to win some games. You know, there's only a few games in that early going that, like you say, okay, that's going to be tough. But, I mean, look, San Francisco, Texans, uh, New York Giants, Minnesota, the Washington, Washington, the Washington Commandos. Uh, New England doesn't look like they're Miami. Be that great. Uh, New England's still New England, though, Mark. So the Cowboys, New England, and I say Green Bay. Green Bay, you can get Green Bay early because they have inexperience at the wide receiver position. Aaron Rodgers hasn't had a lot of work with those guys because he just like basically had a tantrum and said, oh, "You know what? I'm sitting out. I'm not playing with you guys. You guys suck." Where's Devontae? Yeah, there's been talk Alan Lazard's not going to play this Sunday against Minnesota, so that's his best returning receiver. He's hurt too. Really, he's not going to play. 
It's it's questionable. Oh man, at this point. he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> See, all this is get on I'm out sorry, there, Alan Lazard. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, America. <laughs> you know, fantasy has taken over the NFL game. Okay, this yeah. fantasy is huge. Okay, the, the Kittle's I, out Sunday too. Oh, the I Kittle's drafted out. him. Oh, Stacy's oh, fantasy team taking a hit. Oh, okay. See, oh, America, my goodness. Brittle America. Kittle. Okay, He's I got, out. listen, Brittle Kittle. Oh, uh, you know what? I got I to gotta, I gotta make a phone call to some people to know some people that know some people and say, yeah, you know. Yeah, there's I no waiver need, wire. You got to do yeah, it. Yeah. I just need you to give me a couple points. Just get out there and catch a couple of passes. Give me like 40, 50 points. Yeah, because, you know. Get we, your 40 yeah, or 50 I'm, points. Yeah, let me tell you something, America. So we have a draft today. Uh, shout out to to the Bulls uh, personnel out there, the guys behind the scenes that, yeah. you know, we do a draft, right? So last year, they say, hey, Stace, you want to be, you know, be in the league? I said, yeah, yeah. So they gave me a team that somebody quit. Okay, and whoever drafted that team, I, I might have been Stevie Wonder because they didn't know nothing about football. <laughs> I, I had a terrible team, so I was last the whole year. I couldn't even go on the waiver wire and pick up anything. Yeah. Everything was gone. So I said, okay, this year I want to be in the draft. So they had the draft today. Okay, so it's like twelve thirty. You know, I'm over at Cooper's Hawk. I'm over having lunch, and I'm drafting at the table. <laughs> the internet sucked over yeah. here, so I'm just going to throw that out there. So, so, so Another kind of, sponsor yeah, down another, the drain. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, I struggled a little bit, but I got the people. I, I picked up Brittle Kittle. Uh, I can't believe I just said that. Brittle Kittle. He's on I'm your team. You, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer you're going to be back. And then I picked up Lazar, and I'm like, and I got Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. There you go. Yeah. So I got a pretty decent team, but the point was somebody picked my name of my team today. Okay. And and whoever did, I know you're watching this right now. That was a lousy name you gave me. It was terrible. It was like what is it, it? it was like C C C uh, uh No, it was it was, it was <laughs> first of all <laughs> first of all, America. I pick cool new I pick cool nicknames. Okay. Yeah. In my fantasy where I won the championship ten years in a row, I'm a ten time champion in my Yahoo Sports. We've seen time. the trophies. Yeah. Okay. See Mark, you recognize <laughs> yeah. greatness. Yeah. You recognize greatness. I've won ten in a row. So I retired as a champion. So I jumped over to this ESPN fantasy with this yeah. these people. They're gonna give me some ratchet name. I'll say, Mike, listen, when you when you won ten championships, you let the guy pick his name. Okay, my mm. fantasy name is Crenshaw Mafia. Okay, if you're out there listening out there, Bulls Nation, and whoever's in charge of the Bulls fantasy team, please change my name from J. Cole something to <laughs> Crenshaw Mafia. J. Crew. Yeah, J. You know, it's J. Cole the rapper something. I'm like, no. No, yeah. no, 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 yeah, no, no. But I got a good team. I should finish. I should finish pretty high. I'm waiting for the playoffs to make my move. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, make it rain, baby. Because I'm. Well, what's your name, paid. Mark? For a fantasy football yeah. team, I don't ha don't have a fantasy football team. So, oh, boring. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's yours? Tim Stebos. Oh, what? Oh, God. <laughs> Just like whispers, <laughs> Tim Tebos. I used to use Timmy the Wad, but then someone told me. Oh, oh, come on now. Oh, come on. Oh. All right, we'll get this back on the track. Hey, Mark. speaking of uh, Tim Tebow, his Florida Gators, his uh, alma mater pulled off a nice upset. Yeah, they beat upset. Uh, Utah Utes last week. They were unranked. Now they're 12th. Uh, kind of a shakeup in the top five with Ohio State beating Notre Dame. Georgia moves up to number two after they destroyed Oregon. So, you know, a little bit of movement. Mark, I'm stopping Sooners. you right there. Yeah, okay, you don't start this college football <laughs> ranking unless you're talking about the Sooners first. Okay, we're not talking about Florida. Who, who'd Gators. they beat last week? Little Sisters of the Poor. <laughs> wow, that hurt, Mark. <laughs> Mark, Mark, where's Wisconsin? Is Wisconsin on there? there yeah, I don't see them. I think they're 17. Maybe I need to. Maybe I need to take my 18. contacts out. Oh, yeah. there they are. They're 18. The Sooners are seven, baby. America, let me tell you something. We don't rebuild. We reload. 
Okay? So we're reloaded right they now. They wish they had Caleb Williams, I'll tell you that. Well, you know, Mark, we don't want guys who quit on us, okay? We USC guys- looking good. Man, Number you, 10. Man, Mark, Mark, <laughs> stop this. Stop this, okay? This is the Oklahoma Hour, okay? We talk about the, the Oklahoma Sooners. Hour. Listen, the only, That's a catchy name for the hey, show. Listen, the, only time, the only time I'm going to turn on my Sooners is when they lose. <laughs> if they and lose then he's game, an Alabama fan. If they lose a game, yeah. I'm going to Hey, roll tide. That's me. That's right. And if they lose, what? if they get beat by Georgia, I'm a Georgia fan. Okay, I'm just going to throw that out there. All my Sooner fans out there, I know you, you call me a turncoat right now. I'm with you as long as we win. You'll see my team in there in the next few weeks. Oh. Who's that? Northwestern. Go Cats! Oh, man, please. <laughs> yeah, they play uh, Duke what? in the academic bowl this weekend. Do they, do, they even, do they even have any good hard games? They got to go. Big 10 schedule, yeah. yeah All kinds Wisconsin, of tough games. Wisconsin, Ohio State. Iowa. Yeah. Losers. <laughs> wow. Hey, we need a quick getaway here, Stacey. Tell the folks how they can get a ride to the, the best games, the best concerts. Can you help me out today? Best comedy shows. They get that discount. Because you don't, you don't want to drive yourself. You want to have a good time. You want to make Listen, sure you arrive safely. Because then Maddie can go. First of all, first of all, shout out to my driver, Mike Amaroff, who's out there listening to the show as we speak, yeah. waiting for me to get in there. He's a he's a three-degree three black belt in taekwondo. Uh, he is a bodyguard for me, so you know he protects me when I'm in the car. And then when I go out of the car, he like, stiff arms people. They get them off me. Okay? <laughs> and he drives for Windy City. Okay? So Windy City... It's my personal service that I use, America. It provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact us at 847-916-9300 or go to WindyCityLimos.com. Nicely done. Always providing you first-class service to make sure you reach out to them for all your transportation needs. Oh, I yeah, just, a special shout-out. Special shout-out. I meant to do this. Oh, I forgot this. I went to a birthday party last week. I saw to, that, yeah. Miss Vivian Smith, who turned 100 years old. It was awesome. Yeah. She had an all-white party, and she is celebrating her 100th uh, uh, birthday. It was awesome. I, I met her, I think, when she turned 98. She was at a Bulls game. And so they reached out to me and, and, you know, wanted me to come out to, you know, see her. And I wasn't going to miss that in the world, you know, because I, I tell people all the time, and I told the young kids at the, at the party, like, you know, Mrs. Smith at 100 years old has so much knowledge of things. She's seen mm-hmm. so much. And anybody that age, in their 90s to 100, young kids need to sit down. And listen to them. Ask them questions. Ask them questions about their life. You know, ask them, you know, things they've experienced in their life. You know, I think that there's so much history because, as you know, they're erasing history as we speak. (laughs) Every day there's pages of history disappearing. But when someone reaches 100 years old, that is an amazing feat. And I, I urge any grandchildren, nieces, nephews, if you have a relative that reaches 100, sit down, talk to them, ask them questions. It also makes them feel younger, too, that you really want to know something about them. So, yeah, that's 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 my feel-good story. Happy birthday, Miss Vivian Smith, 100 years old. She's going to be at yeah, the Bulls great. game, I think, against the Bucks on October 11th or 12th. She's going to be at the game. So, hopefully, we'll do something nice for her. The Bulls will do something nice for her, put her on the scoreboard. and. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but I wanted to give her a shout out on Give Me the Hot Sauce um, because she's a loyal listener. 
And I even brought her some hot sauce. I told her, don't take... I said, I said, I said, <laughs> take it easy. I said, whatever yeah. you do, don't don't eat the hot one. Okay? Because I, <laughs> I don't want to get a phone call. <laughs> I don't want to get a phone call. Talking about Miss Smith is in the hospital for yeah. the, eating the Chicago yeah. Fire 1871. <laughs> and I pointed it at Whispers where I said, Whispers is the one who did it. Yeah, He packed it, yeah. Of course. Changed bottles. What <laughs> kind of guy well, I am? Oh, ball. and I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I got a message for some people. Okay? For you, Whispers. Because uh-huh. you're the hot sauce packer. Okay, I'm throwing whispers on the bus. So I run into a few people the other day. I have Patrick Williams, uh, Wendy, Wendy the doctor. Still Wendy. waiting? Yes. They're, they're, they said, hey, hey, where's the hot sauce? Yeah. Because I, I was passing it's, it out to, to uh, I, I Javante. Can't just, I just can't put the name on the box. You know what? Today, I'm going to leave the address. Today, today, <laughs> today, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm just yeah. going to get it today. Personally delivered. You, you put my rep on the line. They're like, oh, yeah, we come on your show. We don't get a hot sauce. I'm like, wow. Well, wow. there's been a few that don't respond with the address, so too bad. Well, that's when you reach out and say, can I get your no address? Sauce. No sauce for that's you. Where, that's, where, that's, where, that's, where, that's, where, that's where Maddie comes in. Tim Maddie washing his the, hands of any blame. Maddie Not is, my fault. Maddie is the awesome right. thing. She she runs people down. She tracks yeah. them down. I was supposed to do I was supposed to do something one day like a a, t, a, a radio interview or something. And Maddie was all on top of it. Yeah. So the, the the people tell me be there. We'll be on at nine forty five. Right. I'm over here waiting. I'm on there nine twenty. You know, waiting in the little Zoom room. 10 o'clock rolls around. Like oh, Maddie, like what's going on? So Maddie's like, Hey, they don't answer the phone. Just leave. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you gotta tell me twice. But she was on top of it. That's right. She does a great job of running down the guests, making sure the guests have what they need on there. So we're gonna we're gonna turn it over to Maddie to get everybody's address because obviously Tim has fell asleep at the wheel. So we're gonna just we're gonna, like whispers, yeah, just like whispers. We're gonna let Maddie handle that because my reputation online. There were people mad at me the other day yeah. at the Advocate Center. I was like, and guess who else I ran into? My man Tim St. Clair. Oh, that's right. I ran into Tim St. Clair. PA voice. The PA voice, the voice of the Bulls. He does all the Bulls voice. I asked him, was he going to France? It's not a home game, but he's gonna, uh, they're going to hopefully they ask him to go. And so um, he had a, he had a, a Bulls fan from England, um, Tom Perry Jones, came over from England. Tom Jones. <laughs> why, why, why? He's like, you don't have to be loved by anyone. <laughs> 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 you don't remember that, man? Remember the little tight pants? Tim wears yeah. those tight pants right now. He's got a pair of Tom Jones on right now, America. <laughs> yeah, that's why they throw panties at me. Oh, oh my God. No. Come on, man. But yeah, so the guy, hey, so, about so, Tom Jones. so Tom Jones, Tom Perry Jones came over from England and he got a chance to go into the, take pictures outside the, um, you know, outside the UC, had a good time, had some Chicago dish pizza. Now, let me ask you a question. What's your favorite deep dish pizza in Chicago? Um, I like uh, Lou Melnati's and Giordano's. Okay. You? Uh, Uno's. Uno's. Okay. All right. (sighs) And Lou Melnati's is great, too. Yeah. But hey, you know what? I'm downtown though, too. You know what? I mean, I I I can't pass on lose 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 the best. Well, we get it here a but, lot. But um, you know, yeah, we do get it here a lot. <laughs> It'd be nice to get it free, Lou. Uh, but uh, Moretti's, Moretti's, oh, Moretti's is we're, great too. We're, we're still waiting for a sponsor, Moretti. I'm, I'm giving you I'm giving you a plug, Moretti's. <laughs> uh, it's about time to come join the hot sauce team, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We have to talk to them. We've been wanting to talk to him for, they're not answering calls. I know. <laughs> every time we try to. Not a lot. Tim's, we, on, Tim's on the pay no mind list. Every time we go over there, we get a bill. 
We ordered up all this pizza. It was like $300. Like, okay, are you going to sponsor? <laughs> we don't turn nothing down but our collars. Yeah, persistence. Yeah, it'll work one of these yeah, days. It's one of these days. Got to keep begging. If you're, guy, yeah, that's guy. where I'm going. I said, if you're, if you're watching NFL tonight, make sure you also check in on what's going on with Chicago Sky. Game five of WNBA semifinals. It's winner go home. Winner moves on to the finals. The loser is done for the season. The Sky had a tough game the other night in Connecticut. They get run out of the gym. And this is a tough matchup for them. Even though they went 4-0 during the regular season, all the games were close. And Connecticut has one of the tallest teams in the WNBA. It's a tough matchup. But the good thing is, Sky is at home, and hopefully they can use that home court advantage and, and pull through. They're the defending champions. That's right. They're on the ropes. They're going to find a way to win in Chicago. They, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a professional analyst. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Dangerous D with the right at the right. He always comes in at the right time. Good job, Best man. Timing. I'm going to tell you right now, if if they don't have an answer from stopping them in the points in the paint, yeah. that was pure domination. That, I'd never seen this guy dominated like that, um, like they were the last game. So they, they've got to find a way to, to keep them out of the paint and to limit their runouts. The yeah. guards are getting out and getting out on the break. Um, man, I tell you right now, uh, that Aces team looks real too. Like, yeah. so if the they sky, had some great games if, against if, Seattle, if, if yeah. the sky is able to get through this, they got you know it's the two top seeds will be playing against right. each other. But that's not going to be a good series. But you got to take care tonight. You got to come out, get off to a great start, jump on the soul, and get the crowd behind you, and make them play from behind. But if they come out and they get the lead, they have the ability to slow the game down, pound you inside, and you know just squeeze the life out of you like an anaconda. Yeah, we wish all the best to the sky. Of course, we've had James Wade and Allie Quigley on. Friends of the program. Yeah, so we wish them all the best in their deciding game five against the Connecticut Sun. <laughs> Tim, you want to tell the folks about our friends at Angel Water? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Heavy lifting as he has to wow. has to pick up the ad read that, that was used as a coaster. Was wrapped around my arm. Yeah, all right. Cutting yeah. My, my blood off here. Did you catch some of those names people suggested for my? I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. No. <laughs> Your fantasy football team is doomed. <laughs> Listen up, Bulls Nation. We want to make water healthier for you, your home, and your family. So look no further than our favorite new water. All right. You're, I'm not about, saying, no, you're just about to. No, I wasn't. Here in the hot sauce doing? This company is on a mission to provide water free of toxins and chemicals that can cause long-term damage to your health. We thank them for providing Give Me the Hot Sauce team with more than enough H2O to keep cool. Stay hydrated all year with water you can trust. Angel Water. Call 847-382-7800 to get your water tested for free today. And tell him Randy Montanez-Savage <laughs> sent you, Chief Little Legs. Oh, it's just man. a matter of time before I get your little legs. Somebody killed the mic. And Tim likes it, too. Hey, before we get out of here, we want to salute one of the greatest uh, athletes of all time, Serena Williams, who closed out her, (laughs) and Stacey King. Uh, Serena Williams, her career came to an end with a third-round loss at the U.S. Open, but I I thought it was great that she got her game to the point where she could be competitive and gave the fans, you know, one last thrill to watch her play at center court. I tell you what, it it was awesome watching her play. Um, You know, upsetting the number two seed Mm -hmm. uh, early. You know what? And then she played the doubles with her sister. And I, I think I, I just felt like that took a lot it out did. of her. Yeah. Like I, I just wished her coach would have said, Hey, look, I know you want to play with your sister. This is gonna be the last go around. I, I you can play with your sisters in like circuits. 
you know, but this is your last go around and you're playing so well right now. I just thought she looked tired. I thought I thought she looked tired in that that last the last game she had. But she had an amazing career. Um, Going to go down as the greatest tennis player ever. Um, I tell you, if you if you haven't seen that movie uh, with Will Smith, yeah, that's a good uh, movie. Well, a great movie. I, yeah. I tell you, man, like to watch that movie. To King see Richard King is King Richard. It's on HBO. Yes, if you have yes, it. And, and and he won an Academy Award for that. That was before the slap. Um, <laughs> it was after the slap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was after the slap. He won. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, sometimes I want to slap whispers like that, but I don't, okay? Because it's just don't want to do it. He's, we've been 30 years of abuse, and I love this guy. One more slap. Well, one more slap. But, no, but the movie was telling because you watched, you know, it, it was very, like, telling of how their career went. Like, you know, they were, she was, Venus was always looked at as the best. Yeah, and she was in her shadow. She, she was had in to her wait, shadow the whole turn. time. And then she made she made that you know she made that speech thanking her sister. And I thought that was just one of the most heartwarming yeah. things that you could actually you know if your sister to see that you know Venus was like they're looking at it and it was like you could tell they're really super close and it was awesome seeing that. Hey, do you guys buy the Margaret Court thing that she's the better all time winner? No, it was just kind of bad that, that those comments came out. She's 80 years old and felt like she had been shortchanged, that her accomplishments rival what Serena did. Yes, in numbers, uh, she's got one more major title than Serena does. But when you talk about the impact on the culture, for women's sports, for everything. Hey, I, I, mean, I missed that. Who's that? Margaret, Margaret Court Cole. from Australia holds the all-time record. And for how old is she now, like 80? 80. Yeah, and there were some quotes that came out that she felt that she was shortchanged, and she felt that her Christianity was one of the reasons why okay, she wasn't. Okay, first of all, first of all, listen, it's a Ugh. different time and a different era. Okay, tennis, the tennis players of today playing against Margaret Court, mm-hmm. Mar- and I'm not taking anything away from Margaret Court. She'd, she'd have to use a wood racket too. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so, <laughs> she so, had, so she listen, had an ashtray on the court. So, <laughs> you you can't sit here. You can't sit here if you're Margaret Court. And compare your era to what we're seeing now. Right. Okay. You just can't. The athletes are bigger, stronger, faster. You just can't. And that not, that doesn't diminish what she did in her era. It's the same thing when you know you hear these guys talk about JJ Reddick talking about uh, you know these yeah. guys played against plumbers. plumbers and all that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that about Margaret Court because she had to play against the best in her era. Right. Okay. But for what Serena has done as far as there were six taking, players, then. it's it's just taking the game to another level, making it accessible to african-americans yeah, yeah. changing the culture it's just not a white sport just like tiger changed you know yeah, changed the, the exactly. complexion of golf being an african-american going out there playing golf and now you got all you know everybody's gravitated to them it's the same thing with serena she you know all think about all the pressure serena has to have when she goes mm-hmm. out on that court you know she's had to hear you know racial slurs in certain places um there's a lot of stuff that you know an average person doesn't know that she has to deal with like the death threats and the the the, the racial cat calls i mean for her to be able to hold her head up high and continue, people saying she's on steroids, she's built like a man. I mean, all the negative energy that she had to endure her whole career. You know, uh, other female people don't want to be in the same locker with her. I mean, there's 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 a whole backstory to all that. You know, there, there is one problem, though, in our modern Twitter-generated world. You know, every station, every network has that crawl on the bottom of the screen where they give you the little footnotes. Mm-hmm. So you see these quotes from Margaret Court we don't know the context of the interview. They didn't right, play right. the interview. It just makes it look bad. It makes it look like she's being petty and trying to downplay what Serena did. We don't know the context of the interview. I would love to see some of that interview, well, see exactly know, you, how it was. Well, you know who's controlling that is uh, her husband, who's the founder of Reddit. 
see some more knowledge that really? we didn't know that Tim possessed. No. Whispers. Yeah, he's the founder of Reddit. Well, then, well, then the hell with them all. controlling <laughs> yeah. it all. Hey, hey, uh, what, what's his name? What's your name? Uh, not offhand. Joe Court. <laughs> Hi, Joe High Court. Hey, ready? Hey, we better watch what we say. He might, try, no to, he might try to cancel our culture. Cancel, cancel Jimmy the Hot Sauce. They start putting all kind of negative stuff out there. Nah, man. No, no, hey, no. Uh, Mr. Kirk, what's up? The about folks that? in Reddit love us. Margaret was a great tennis player. I'm supporting her 100%. And her name yes. was Court. Her name was, she was the queen of the court. They named the court yeah. after her. Queen of the court. Well, hey, hey Miss Court. Miss Court, I don't care what Mark Chanowski said about oh, you. Oh, here we go again. I don't again. care what Tim said about you. Hey, I, I love your game. You just keep playing and you're 80 years old. You probably can beat Mark right now. You keep smoking those Virginia Slims. Wow. <laughs> they don't even make Virginia Slims anymore. Remember they, they used to be the primary sponsor. All right, tennis. it's time to get out of here. We've <laughs> we've officially entered the oh, point of no return. Yeah, D, you got it. Got that queued up. For us, it's time to get out of here before Stacy something that really gets us in trouble. <laughs> we want to thank Antoine Walker, it was a terrific interview. Love talking to Twan, wish him all the best with his media career. Stacy, got anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Drive home <laughs> safely, <laughs> scaring me. Can't go on the stairs.